Hi, Taryn here from The Doctor's Room. In this episode, special guest host Marty O'Keefe, AMA Victoria's Career Management and Professional Development Director, picks the brain of prominent emergency department physician Dr. Sarah Whitelaw about what it takes not just to survive but to thrive during your emergency department rotation. The Doctor's Room is an exclusive member-only podcast brought to you by AMA Victoria, with doctors, for doctors. We discuss the issues you tell us you want to hear about, so let us know what you want to know, and we'll keep exploring issues and providing information that is relevant and useful to you. Now back to today's topic. So, here we are. To give you an idea of why we want you to hear from Dr. Whitelaw, let me just run you through her credentials. As well as being a highly respected emergency medicine physician at the Royal Melbourne Hospital, Sarah joined the Australian Medical Association as a medical student in 1993, and she became president of the Australian Medical Students Association in 96. Dr. Whitelaw led the students' campaign on major national policy issues, including the backlash against the federal government's decision to restrict Medicare provider numbers to doctors who had completed postgraduate training. As chair of the AMA Council of Doctors in Training in 2000, Dr. Whitelaw campaigned on issues concerning junior doctors, such as safer hours and fatigue. She contributed to the medical indemnity crisis campaign in that year, arguably the most challenging issue the medical community has ever faced. There is absolutely no doubt that Dr. Whitelaw's contribution to AMA in these earlier years helped strengthen the influence of medical students and doctors in training. Dr. Whitelaw's impact during the COVID-19 pandemic has been no less significant. She has advocated for issues such as stronger respiratory protection for health workers, an operational approach to hotel quarantine, and a stronger system-wide approach from Victoria in responding to the pandemic. More recently, she has been absolutely pivotal in advocating for whole-of-system reform to deal with unprecedented pressures on the health system Australia-wide. So as you can see, understandably, we're really eager to hear from her. Welcome, Sarah and Marty. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Marty, with so much experience in the medical careers and professional development space, I'm going to let you take the lead today. And so where are you hoping to start? Yeah, look, thanks, Taryn, and thanks, Sarah, for being here. Um, Sarah, in my experience, and you've got lots of experience, so I'm really keen to sort of pick your brain and to gather insights for the next generation of interns uh, commencing next year. But in my experience, interns are either extremely excited and energised about their emergency medicine rotation or terrified. And there's a big group that sits somewhere in the middle oscillating uh, sometimes between both states on a weekly, daily and hourly basis, depending on where they're at. So really the purpose of this session is about, I guess, helping them to understand what to expect um, as an intern 
in their emergency medicine rotation. And I guess to provide them some insights into what it's like in an inner city, uh, very busy and large uh, emergency department, um, about what to expect, I guess, how to escalate uh, and how to excel and ultimately ace their rotation. So I guess just to start off with, um, We've gathered a, a, a selection of questions that have actually been put together by current final year students about what they want to know about uh, their emergency medicine rotation. So the first question uh, that they were keen to get insights on is what are the key things an intern needs to know about your specialty being emergency medicine? Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. I really uh, appreciate the opportunity um, to talk about interns coming into the ED and the good news is that it is the most amazing specialty. Uh, some people describe it as the best 10 minutes uh, of every other specialty. Um, it is uh, unfortunately never not busy uh, and there are no there are no real easy days in emergency but um, on the plus side uh, you come to work the day goes so quickly there is never any clock watching. You work very hard um, but you then have a time where you go home and you can hopefully leave the stress and the trauma and the fascination and everything you've learned that day and enjoy a well-rested time off. Uh, and that applies to interns. It also applies um, hopefully to registrars and to, to consultants and, and that's something that a lot of us love about it. It is um, a matter of making sure that you're prepared and uh, physically able to work as hard as you need to during your shift, um, but knowing that you've got a, a finite end time and we will send you home when your shift is over and then using your downtime to really recover and relax. Great, good. Um, so obviously you've highlighted and we know it's a really uh, high-paced and dynamic environment. So is there anything that an intern can do or even a final year student now to sort of prepare themselves for? I, I think there are a few things. Uh I think in the emergency department, it's an extraordinary learning opportunity. Uh, there's uh, a lot that you can learn about the clinical management of patients and the emergency management of patients, but there's also an enormous amount of learning that goes on about the hospital flow and system in general uh, and how to interact with other specialties Um there's a lot of learning that needs to go on and we understand that with regards to how things work in the emergency department, which is quite different to how they work on the wards. Um, being familiar with the IT or the medical record system is really important. Uh, it's often done differently in terms of ordering investigations, um, finding out results, sending people home. We give people discharge summaries as they leave the department, which again can be quite different. Um, so your, your priorities are different. The opportunity for the clinical learning is there, but also for learning a, an enormous amount more about the system in general. Uh, and it, it can take a while for that learning to occur. So I think um, if you if you get into your emergency term and you're slightly overwhelmed by how much there is to learn, that's okay and that's very normal. And, and that happens even if you've had one or two terms already in the hospital. Um, thankfully, interns in emergency are um, – 
effectively supernumerary. Um, we love having them and we're there to teach them, uh, but they should be incredibly well supervised and supported. Uh, some people can find that a little bit suffocating uh, and it's important to recognise that um, you will be much more supervised minute to minute and supported than you will necessarily be in other terms. And rather than feeling like somebody is um, watching your every move, hopefully you can use that to feel supported and also use that as a learning opportunity. We expect interns to ask an enormous amount of questions. We expect interns to come to us as senior consultants um, and senior registrars quite early on after they see a patient and, and that's what we find is best for their learning, it's best for patient care and it's best for um, the flow of patients through the hospital. I think it is really important to understand the pressure that emergency departments are under at the moment. Um, we have a limited amount of space and we've always got people coming in that need to be seen. So the importance of making sure that we give excellent quality clinical care to patients, but also that when they have finished their need for emergency resuscitation and management, that we can get them to where they need to go in terms of whether that's home or whether that's to our short stay unit or to a bed in the hospital, as soon as possible is really important because there's someone else always waiting to take that bed in the ambulance corridor or in the waiting room. Uh, so it, it can feel like it's a very pressured environment compared to the wards. And I think it's really important to understand why that's the case, that it's not that the emergency department um, needs to pe move people through, it's that the whole system needs to move people through. The ambulance needs to offload so they can get back out on the road to pick up people in the community. The hospital needs to know as soon as possible how many beds they need. Um, and the inpatient teams need to know as soon as possible too that they've got a patient um, that will need their input into the emergency department. So so there are time pressures which are different. Um, hopefully rather than feeling like you're pushed to make decisions too quickly, that means that we're available to you to, to speak about patients very quickly. I think the most important thing um, that we want an intern to get out of their emergency medicine term is how to recognise a sick patient. And that will really benefit you in whatever specialty term you do next. Uh, it's it's the, the understanding that ideally through the triage process we put patients who we predict are going to be very unwell into the right area at the right time. But really in an emergency department, any patient that you can, you see, whether that's in a fast track area or um, ambulatory care, whether that's in short stay or a, a cubicle, um, can be very unwell at any time. And anticipating that, knowing how to assess a patient very quickly in terms of their A, B, C, D, E parameters, recognising that actually someone is much sicker um, than you thought from reading the triage note and knowing that you need to go and ask for senior help right then and there is a key skill. And, and that is probably the fundamental learning that we want people to take away from their emergency term. And it's really hard to learn, but the good news is it will benefit you throughout your career. Uh, I, I think... Um, it is important uh, that we give interns an opportunity to try and work out what's going on with the patient, to take a history and examination, to formulate the next steps in their mind in terms of what investigations would be useful, 
what the diagnosis might be, and then what the management plan might be. But actually what we want is once you've taken that history and examination, um, that you actually come and, and talk to us and we can help you with refining the plan for the investigations and the management. So that means coming quite quickly after you've seen a patient, um, knowing who your senior uh, person is that you're going to talk to and um, and and contacting them quite quickly. Um, we we do support and supervise interns very closely. Uh, having said that, um, we we need to we really direct our time. So having an intern that can tell us really reliably and accurately what they're seeing when they examine a patient and take a history. Being able to say, I don't know what's going on, I'm not sure, I, I felt the abdomen and I, I thought that this was the finding but I, I need you to come and see the patient because I'm not clear on this, is so much more valuable um, than uh, anyone junior who um, feels that they need to give us information that they're, they're not sure about or be really definitive when in fact um, it, it, they're, they're not 100% sure of the meaning of the history or the examination findings that they've got. So so it's a bit of a shift for mm-hmm. some interns being able to say, uh, I don't know and I'd like some supervision or I'd like you to come and see the patient or I'd like to ask questions about this part of the history and examination is what makes a good intern. And, and that makes us um, feel that we can really trust when an intern um, gives us the history and examination findings because we know they're going to tell us if they're not sure. Uh, so a- again, that that's a, a little bit different to some other um, rotations where it's, it's, it's good to, and you've got perhaps a little more time, um, to, to do your own work and come up with your own uh, almost full management plan and then present it to your registrar. ED works a lot more in real time than that and you need to get your supervisor in um, more quickly. Uh, I, I think it's great because it's a very flat hierarchy um, to an extent. We're all responsible um, for patients that we see who are in cubicles or maybe in um, the waiting room and we all work through that process of history and examination, investigations and then formulating a plan for what happens next to that patient in terms of emergency management and then also their next steps. Um, So hopefully most consultants and registrars understand most parts of an intern's job because they do those jobs um, and they understand some of the difficulties that can occur in terms of working with a big hospital team and having to involve a lot of different people in your patient's care uh, and they can help you with navigating those difficulties. I think the downside of that is that um, the ED staff are often really time pressured. So as an intern, um, recognising that as as ED consultants we get interrupted between every two and six minutes uh, and it is extraordinarily difficult to um, make sure that you focus on what your task is in an environment where it's very chaotic. Um, So we we get very good at, at at saying, look, I'm 
I, I understand that you're there and you need to talk to me. I, I really need to finish this thought process or this referral or this recording of what's going on. And hopefully we're quite good at saying, I can't talk to you right now, but I, I will let you know when it's it's okay to talk. Uh, and that will be within the next few minutes. But it can be difficult as an intern thinking, oh, that, that person's so busy. How, where, how do I know when to jump in? Um, and, and sometimes when I jump in, uh, you know, the, the ED consultant seems a bit um, like it's not a good time to talk. So uh, I think that's, that's, it's worth being really open about these things. And, and if you're finding that that's a problem, um, discussing that with the consultants and saying I need better cues for when it's okay for me to talk and when it's not because that's something that can be really difficult. Um, but knowing how much we value having interns, most of us that work in teaching hospitals do it because we love it. We love having junior staff around um, and we know how important the emergency term is for getting people's clinical skills um, uh, to a, a, you know, a, a much improved state learning about procedures, doing all sorts of um, minor procedures from cannulas to ultrasound-guided cannulas to suturing to all sorts of other procedures that you don't necessarily get to do as an intern um, in other rotations, but you might in your emergency term, uh, learning about the system. Uh, and and so we, we're very much want to be able to teach and support and supervise interns to the best of our ability. We know how important it is for them, but also then they make great mm. interns in other terms and residents and we're always going to come back and have dealings with them in those roles. So um, so it, it's it's even I feel sometimes really more important for us to teach interns well than it almost is in any other specialty. Yeah, so you commented on the sort of chaotic nature yeah. of an intern, um, of sort of being an intern in an emergency department. So I guess Based on that and knowing that a lot of interns coming in, the qualities that would make them a good emergency uh, physician might not be innate to them. Yes, you absolutely. talked about being interrupted, fast-paced, 20 million things you've got to consider at any one time. So if you know that that's not your natural state, what would be the right mindset to bring to the role? I think that's a great question. Uh, and we talk a lot about the concept of mindfulness uh, and being able to focus on what is most important and sometimes a single task in an environment where there's so many different demands competing for your attention and being able to constantly reevaluate, am I doing what's most important for this patient at this time? And from a, a senior point of view, that will be, am I doing what's most important for the entire department uh, so that the most patients get the most care um, as, as efficiently and as excellently as possible. So as an intern, um, you will experience that as well. You will experience uh, people asking you to do things in the middle of trying to do something else. It will be noisy. It will be chaotic. Mm. Um, sometimes a resuscitation buzzer might go off. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's key and there are lots of mindfulness exercises that you can do about how, being able to stay focused uh, and um, constantly um, make that decision in your mind. I understand there are these other things going on, but what I really need to finish first is this because I can't do X, Y, and Z until I've done A, B, and C. So again, being able to say, thank you, I understand that's really important and I will do that after I've done these things is really key. So um, 
I think being in that state of mindfulness and focusing your attention, um, despite lots of other sensory demands, is something that you can practice. Um, I have talked to a lot of interns. It is really useful uh, having a think about what you want to get out of your emergency term, and that will be different depending on whether it's your first term uh, or your last term of the year. And if you have an idea of your learning objectives, that is incredibly useful for us. Um, sometimes the emergency department is uh, a place where you're required to stand up and say, I'm really interested in seeing patients who have these things, or I've managed to do these procedures, but I haven't been able to do a lot of suturing. I'd really love to do that this term. Knowing that is really helpful for us, and we can often direct you to be able to gain those skills. Unfortunately, you might have to say that at the beginning of every shift because you might actually have a different team working with you in terms of registrars and consultants that's different day to day. Um, so it does require getting up that courage to to say that, but also saying it again and again and again. It might not happen uh you know, that that day. But if we know what you're interested in, it is really, really helpful um, because we have so much, I guess, opportunity for learning in the in the ED that being able to kind of match up people where we can to the skills that they want to get out of their emergency term is really useful. I think it's a great place to um, get expert uh, in doing minor procedures like cannulations taking bloods, arterial blood gases, uh, ultrasound-guided cannulas. It's also really great to be able to uh, get experience in doing what are traditionally nursing jobs, particularly in big inner-city hospitals, learning how to put fluid up, learning how to take OBS, um, sometimes even learning how to do an ECG. Uh, that is a skill that often is difficult to get in other terms. It will never leave you. It doesn't matter if you are... Um, the world's expert in a little finger, uh, learning how to have some of those skills under your belt, see when they're done well and help out um, when you can see that you giving assistance in in performing some of those tasks might be better for the patient is an, is an excellent skill to have. Because it's such a flat hierarchy, we work as a team in emergency in a way that, again, is a little bit different to other specialties. So we work with our nursing colleagues, our um, uh, non-clinical colleagues, um, and, and to an extent some of us do each other's jobs. So if we can see that a bed needs to be made, um, fluids need to be put up, OBS need to be done, you'll see the consultants jumping in and doing those things uh, when they can see that they've got more time, in fact, than a nurse um, or somebody else whose role traditionally it might be to restock or, or make a bed. That's not to say that you shouldn't use your time wisely and sometimes it's not the best of use of your time to be doing those things, but being prepared to be part of a team um, is incredibly important and understanding that it it is we will we will recognize that that's part of your role um, as an ed intern and we won't um, uh, get you in trouble for doing that in case in, in fact we'll we'll really recognize that you're working well as being part of a team um, by being prepared to to do those overlapping jobs um, when when somebody else is is uh, 
got more on their plate than you do is um, is really important to understand, I think, before you start. So just on that, because obviously, as you said, um, it is a very team-based uh, environment, work environment, and those teams change per shift. So how? what advice would you give to an intern about how they find their role each shift in each team so that they know what's required of them, uh, you know, for, for that 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 you know that shift that they're actually doing key question and I think at the beginning of every shift there should be a small huddle um, between the team sometimes people start at different times so the huddle might just be the intern uh, and their consultant every intern will have a senior that will be supervising them for that day so establishing when you get there, who that is, introducing yourself to them and asking how they like to work, what they're anticipating um, for the day is really important. And um, making sure, I guess, that again, if you have specific interests or patients or procedures that you'd like to be involved in, that you let the consultant know at that time. But also um, knowing what your plan B is. So often your consultant might not be available because they might be resuscitating a really unwell patient um, and and rather than you waiting half an hour for them to be free or trying to interrupt them during that resuscitation which uh, you know sometimes it's 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 difficult to work out whether that's appropriate or not or whether they want you to or not what's the plan B for if you're really busy is there somebody else that I can speak to about my patient? How do you like to um, manage your team? They're really good questions to ask at the beginning of every shift. And um, it might be that you're still doing that 10 weeks into a a term in a really busy Mm. ED with lots of of different consultants. We have um, upwards of 55 consultants in our uh, emergency department. Lots of people work part-time. We're all wearing PPE still, um, which also makes it really mm. difficult um, to to recognise people's faces. So we've had to make a, a lot more of an effort um, to actually be open and talk about these things. Uh, you will have also a director of intern training in the department. So, you, so all of the interns will have... Um, supervisors allocated to them that will be the same throughout the term and somebody in charge of interns in the emergency department that also will be the same person available throughout the term. It is really important if you come across something that's very stressful, which you might do as an intern in emergency, um, you might be uh, involved in resuscitating a really sick patient. It can be really distressing again in a way that um, perhaps you're a little bit protected from in other rotations. Um, And we are all very used to and very skilled at debriefing uh, and we've all been in that situation many, many times. So if if you have experienced something that bothers you that you're thinking about after a shift, we want to know about that. And the person to speak to is is probably the mentor that's allocated to you or the director of intern training. They will let you know before the term even starts who to talk to if you have issues. When you're dealing with so many different people involved in the care of your patients, um, you're dealing with people who might be very stressed, who might be very junior in terms of uh, inpatient registrars. Um, And sometimes those interactions can be tough, particularly if you're dealing with people who are tired um, Mm. and um, under enormous stress themselves. So um, we work very hard to make sure that 
bullying is not tolerated in any way, shape or form. And we really want to know um, if you have an interaction as an intern that's not as professional as we would like it to be, not just for your sake, but because that often means that the person you've dealt with is under a lot of stress and we need to help that person as well. So identifying if you've had an interaction um, that you is made you uncomfortable or, or made you feel intimidated, um, please let us know early so we can help you um, and and look at any any ways that you can be supported to avoid that next time. But also often what it is about is helping the person you've interacted with because they're the one that needs the assistance not you. Um, and, and, and hopefully those skills also you can then take to, uh, other rotations. Um, because we understand that in the emergency department, you are bringing other people work. When you ring them, they have lots of competing demands. And what you're ringing to say is, I need you, I need your help. I need your input, um, into, uh, dealing with a patient that I have in the emergency department. That's not in theatre, on the wards, in your outpatient clinic. This is extra for you um, often. And when you're junior and you're very stressed or not sure of the information or advice that you're giving, that can sometimes come across um, in terms of being unprofessional or being quite rude particularly to an intern. Uh, and um, we're very mindful of the help that those uh, those other colleagues need in terms of inpatient teams um, to feel supported and to feel that they can do their job in interacting with the ED as well. Okay. So three last questions. Um, mistakes occur, errors occur. Um, so how should an intern deal with and recover from an error or mistake that they make in emergency? I think um, it's important to realise you will make mistakes. Um, there is no one who didn't make multiple. Uh, and mistakes is, I guess, um, uh, you know, sometimes a, a, a word that it's not really a mistake. It's it's a, um, a, a natural consequence of working in an environment that's very stressful and that has um, demands on you um, that sometimes ex exceed your experience, your capability. You will be involved in incidents where you feel like you could have done better. I think that's probably a better way to say it. Don't let it fester. Don't, uh, and you know, my general rule is if you're going to go home after a shift or if you are at home and something's on your mind, you're worried about something that happened, don't let it fester. Absolutely make sure that you speak to someone about it. And, and when you speak to someone about it, the first thing they're going to tell you is all of the stories about much more significant incidents that they were involved in as an intern and as a junior doctor or mistakes that were made, if you like. Um, and, and, and that will make you think, oh, gosh, I wish I'd known that um, beforehand, uh, because it might've made me feel better to know that everybody makes mistakes. Um, and then they'll help you work through again, your, um, part, uh, and also the system issues that very likely contributed to your mistake. So don't let it fester. I think when you work in the emergency department, it sometimes feels like the system that you work in is almost, um, putting enormous pressure on you to make a mistake um, because of the lack of time, because of the sensory overload um, and the competing demands for your time and attention, because you need to involve so many different parts of the system that all need to work for that patient's care to be optimised, because you're often seeing people who are um, 
tired, stressed, really worried, who've often been waiting much longer than we'd like. Um, So developing those skills to deal with patients and their families who are quite upset before you even um, start your history and examination, before, uh, you know, you get to perform, even if you perform at an absolutely excellent level, because they are dealing with system issues as well. Um, I think it's really important to learn not to take that personally uh, and to recognise that you can only control what you can control and do your job to the best of your ability, but you will be dealing with people who have very much experienced uh, issues with the system. So that concept of being able to apologise and to empathise, to say, I really understand why you're upset, um, in your own mind, you might be thinking, gee, this is not my fault that you've had to wait far longer than I would have liked. Uh, I'm working as hard as I can. What more can I do? But the ability to apologise, understand uh, and empathise and say, I, I completely acknowledge that you have a right to be upset in this situation. Uh, and then the third part of dealing with an issue like that is to be able to say, this is what I'm going to do to, to restitute. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and get my senior consultant because it's clear that this is a really difficult uh, situation. I'm going to do that right now because, you know, y- you need to have your issue addressed um, or I'm I'm here now and I'm going to really listen to what you have to say um, and take it back to our uh, senior staff. I'm going to give you the details of our patient liaison officer for the hospital and I'd really like you to feedback those issues there. Most people, um, if you have uh, apologised and empathised with them and given them an opportunity to take their concerns um, and have them addressed at a system level, will then be really happy to let you continue with doing your job as an intern, which is not to fix any of those problems. Um, But unfortunately, in the emergency department, developing that skill is really key as well. Not taking it personally and um, being able to understand, I guess, when you're dealing with other people who are stressed uh, in terms of your colleagues, that it's often not personal. If they're abrupt um, or if they're stressed in dealing with you, but also maintaining your own boundaries and recognising when someone's been unprofessional and taking that to your senior colleague as well um, is really important. I think there are some supports that you've got going into your emergency medicine term besides the great team that you'll have around you, Uh, and they are the resources that have been developed and refined by the department itself, the hospital, and other interns. So um, each hospital will have, uh, the emergency department will have its own clinical protocols um, and a database of information that you can go to to look up how that emergency department deals with the most common patient issues like chest pain um, or query PEs or um, how do we deal with treatment of a, a, a DBT? That will often be very protocolised for every emergency department. Finding out where that resource is, um, resources like Up to Date or eMedicine, often the hospital will have um, a database developed by its junior staff that tell you how to navigate the hospital system. The hospital will have its own intranet uh, and that will have lots of clinical protocols, things like how do we deal with patients with diabetes in this hospital? Um, How do we deal with patients with infections? What antibiotics do we describe based on the type of patients and the type of organisms that we see? So 
feeling comfortable with where all of those resources are before you start your term is absolutely really crucial. You don't want to get halfway through your term and realise that all of this was available to you and, and you didn't know how to access it. So would they be inducted on where those resources are? They or? should be okay. um, and that should be part of your orientation. Um, the nature again of the hospital mm. system is sometimes when you come on to ED, you'll come on to a night shift. Um, you, you'll certainly be thrown in the deep end. You should have um, a thorough orientation but it's useful to ask those questions. Where are those clinical protocols? Right. The ones that are formal and also the ones that are informal which can be um, o- almost even more useful sometimes in in terms of how to navigate that particular hospital system. Um, Absolutely ask your uh, interns that have done that term or your residents that have done that term the year before on the resources they used and that is a goldmine of information. So I'm sort of hearing from you and this might be difficult for some but it's I guess a good rotation to learn how to I guess assert yourself a little bit, um, to ask questions, to be on the front foot about finding the information, introducing yourself, clarifying role, how do you work, what do you need me to do. Um, So it's I guess perhaps in preparing, practicing some of those skills and we're sort of saying come in and take up that role, be on the front foot. Absolutely. Um, you, you, it is a very physically demanding mm-hmm. term as well. It's shift work and it's night shifts. And sometimes, um, although all resident jobs and intern jobs can be demanding in terms of doing longer hours sometimes and um, covering the wards at night, it is very different when you do a, a night shift in ED and, uh, and or an evening shift or a late shift continually and uh, it is never not busy. Um, There is never a good time to take your break. Um, There is never a lull in the workload. So being able to look after yourself physically is incredibly important. A good intern is an intern that we don't have to remind to take their breaks um, or to go home on time. Uh, So we rely on interns being able to take a break uh, and take a good, the the break that they're entitled to, make sure that they keep hydrated and that they do eat Um, because we know ourselves through long experience that if you don't do that, you are far less efficient regardless of the fact that you should be able to take your breaks, it's actually really important. And sometimes we don't have time to monitor you and say, you've been here four hours, you've been here five hours, you need to take a break. We rely on the interns understanding that we know how important it is and 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 going ahead and taking those breaks. I think the best way to get out on time, and we expect you to be able to leave on time, is to uh, about half an hour before make sure that you've gone to your senior person um, and formulated a, a plan for the patient that you're currently seeing. It's harder to get out on time if you are um, only discussing that patient a couple of minutes before you're due to leave. Uh, and it's okay to make sure that, it, you know, sort of in that half an hour before you leave that you you pin down your senior person and say, I need to talk to you because I'm uh, my shift finishes in half an hour. So, um we, we expect you to, to, to leave on time um, and we don't expect you to do unpaid overtime. We don't expect you to do overtime. It's gruelling in ED uh, and um, it isn't possible to stay longer than your shift length every shift. You will burn out. Um, but you do need to take the physical demand seriously. You need to um, 
create an environment so that after a night shift you can go home and sleep, make sure that you have, um, you know, people have their rituals uh, and you'll find one that's good for you, that you've got a dark, quiet environment that you understand between your night shifts. You will need to have a good sleep because you will be back working um, incredibly hard for the next period of your shift. Um, So not scheduling um, wherever possible social events or, or, or other parts of life that it feels like you might be able to do because you've got the time off. All of us have learned again through bitter experience um, that uh, the physical demands um, mean that you really have to take your physical health very seriously in your ED term uh, and um, allow yourself the ability to get enough rest and have enough food and take your breaks and hydrate yourself. And it's not a, it's not lip service. It's not, okay, have some self-care. It's actually really important for being able to, um, you know, consistently perform, but also be the person that you need to be in the rest of your life for yourself, for your family, for your friends. Mm. Um, being able to keep up with your hobbies, with your sport, with your exercise um, can be really difficult in an ED term. Uh, but as far as possible, we need to try and accommodate that because otherwise people burn out very quickly. Yeah. So I'm hearing you need to sort of factor in time for recovery, particularly in that emergency medicine rotation, which I've heard many times from lots of different sources. So that's great. So just a couple of last things. So um, obviously emergency medicine is a core rotation of internship. You need to pass it in order to get your general registration. So what are the three key things an intern needs to do to pass and potentially ace there in um, emergency rotation? I think an emergency medicine intern by the end of their term, not at the start necessarily, but the end needs to be able to recognise a sick patient Mm -hmm. when someone needs um, escalation of care and to be able to go and get some help for that. Um, Sounds simple. It's actually not simple and it's a core skill that an intern uh, in emergency medicine has to gain. I think um, number two is being reliable uh, and being able to say, I don't know, being able to say, I need help, I need help now uh, and I'm not sure, I don't know, uh, is so important because we need to be able to rely on what our interns are telling us. Um, The third thing I think would be to maintain their own ability to keep going in emergency medicine um, in terms of being able to uh, be adult enough to take breaks um, and to know that we're very serious when we say you need to go home on time uh, and make sure uh, that they're, they're able to work out when it is an okay time to take a break and take it without waiting for somebody to say, um, are you okay? Have you taken your break? I'm going to tell you when you, you, you're you going to take your break. We need to know that our interns are looking after themselves. Um, the fourth thing, uh, which is not one of the top three, is have fun, see it for what it is. It is an extraordinary learning environment. You're working with um, a, a huge team that all love the fact that you're there uh, and you're not just working with your medical colleagues, you're working with a team of um, clinical colleagues that uh, are so much more a part of your team from minute to minute than they are in some other rotations, really embrace that and get all of the learning experiences that you can out of that. 
Okay, great. Final question. Um, you've been a, a long time and very active member of uh, the AMA. So why do you think uh, all interns um, need to be an AMA member? For so many different reasons, um, being an AMA member is so incredibly valuable. Uh, I think um, from an industrial side of things, um, the AMA uh, and ASMOV are involved in negotiating the industrial conditions, which we know are such an important part of your work, but also your ability to do your job, which is to look after patients well. Um, having ability to understand um, what those industrial conditions are and uh, what they need to be um, for you and for future interns is incredibly important. So having that input. Um, sometimes you will be in situations where uh, somebody needs to be looking out for you and that's going to be the AMA and ASMOV and that's a little bit different to the hospital's perspective um, and sometimes it can be different to other perspectives um, that involve what you do. So if you have issues with, uh, and big hospitals often have system issues with not being paid properly or um, uh, being paid out of whack or um, sometimes having competing rotations where uh, it's really difficult for you to get from one rotation to another, um, having personal circumstances that, that influence how well um, you can do your job, it's really important to have someone who's in your corner and that's all they're interested in, in is in doing the best thing by you um, and that will be the AMA and ASMOV. Uh, the third aspect is having that extra additional support. So the doctors in training groups and the junior um medical groups within the AMA can be an enormous source of support either online, in, in real life, uh, in terms of sharing experiences, giving advice, um, and also allowing you to input into how to make the environment better and the system better. Um, but even if you're not interested from the the industrial side of things or the policy side of things, just being a part of that group that can give you the benefit of their own experiences and give you support in what is a fascinating, amazing time, but a really challenging time for anyone uh, in their medical career in terms of those those first couple of years. So, um, you, yes, the AMA provides enormous opportunity for you to get involved in things that you're particularly interested in, whether that's a clinical aspect, a research aspect, um, or an advocacy aspect. Uh, but but those three core benefits of having um, knowing your industrial environment, knowing your um, uh, enterprise bargaining agreement, your conditions, being able to get help with that um, when you need it, having someone that's just there to support you industrially and in any issues that crop up. And unfortunately, um, you know, issues do crop up and, and the hospitals are really good at acknowledging that that's the case and they often encourage people to join the AMA as well. Um, and then thirdly, just for that sense of support that alone is worth its weight in gold um, and absolutely worth the cost of an AMA membership. Sarah, thanks so much for your time. The insights have been amazing and I hope all our interns really appreciate them. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. If you're starting your ED rotation soon, we wish you all the best. As Dr Whitelaw has said, look after your physical health because ED is a physically demanding environment. 
A good intern in ED is one that takes these physical demands seriously. Take your breaks, go home on time and recover so that you can work at your best and also have something left over to be the person you need to be outside as well. Focus on maintaining a learning mindset. And remember, communication is key. A good intern in ED will not hesitate to ask for guidance and support. So speak up and good luck. Listening to this episode, you might have an idea for our next podcast topic. All our contact details are in the notes for the show. Feel free to drop us some feedback. Thank you.